You're listening to Black Humboldt's second season of Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County. K.M. Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Mo. Mom artist extraordinaire. Baby, baby. Hey, y'all. It's your favorite wiggler and giggler, the flowy healer, and fluffy unicorn, Livia. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, it's Tina, the songstress who helps the youth. Your body is not an apology. You do not use it to say sorry for my disability. Sonia Renee Taylor. What's up, y'all? This evening, where you've got Mr. Wes Vega with us. He is originally from Utahville, South Carolina, two times international recording artist and producer, making music since 2008, building independent label V Life Records, and just recently did a project hosted by Redman. And he is one of Humboldt's aspiring entrepreneurs. What up, Wes? What up? What up? What's happening? What's up? Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so we're going to jump right in and I'm just going to ask you about your artistry. Um, that means uh, you do so many things, so I don't want to miss on any of them. So really just tell us all about yourself, your creative process, your artistry, et cetera. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You gotta, we gotta take it step by step cause there's a lot, but you know, I give like just a, a summary. Um, as far as like my artistry, I started my music path in my life in general, uh, a passion for it when I was six. I was just basically like dancing. Um, I also played uh, musical instruments in middle school, like French horn, uh, mellophone. Uh, so that's how I got my, my start with music. And then as I got in my teenage years, I started like rapping and and singing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, my, my dad is a, a, he used to be a pastor or whatnot. So, you know, I, I got a lot of singing culture from that background. Also, um, moving into 2008, I basically just, I had like a, a friend, that, a former friend. We was just like, let's do music. And shit, I just went for it. And then I've been doing this since, you know, making my own beats, uh, making my own covers, just doing, you know, the legwork to really like build myself up as an artist. Yeah, all right. Uh, and then you also, I've seen uh, some clothing come from your side of things. And I also see that you throw down in the kitchen. I don't want to forget those as also <laughs> an art form in the Black community, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to just say, like, I was one of the only prominent ones when I first moved here who was doing merchandise, like their own merchandise and, like, putting flyers out to promote themselves, like, professionally. Um, and that was like, uh, about six years, five years ago, five or six years from now. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I've been having merch since then. So I'm always dropping new merch. And, uh, I also own a restaurant, restaurant, Rats barbecue. So yeah, that's, that comes from my Southern side. And, you know, we just trying to like put a little Southern twist on it. Only cause it's not a lot of it or if not, <laughs> It's definitely needed. Um, there's so many like black restaurants or black catering things popping up and it, it makes me feel good and I'm happy to see it happening. And so is my stomach. So. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Tell us how did you, what, what were your influences in your artistic journey in the beginning of your artistic journey? Mm, 
I guess I would say just just life and just like enjoying freedom. Um, around the time when I started like recording and doing music, I was also like working two jobs and going to school, like just, you know, doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing um, to build myself. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of learning. And in my music, you can tell it was just about enjoying the freedom of like starting life, you know, because I was just starting life. Then I was like 17. Word. And you said that you uh, used to play instruments and stuff. Is that like kind of how you got into making beats that you had that knowledge? Or I know some people are just like good at instruments and like tempos and like hearing songs and stuff. Can you talk about that at all? Yes. Uh, yeah, I did play French on the mellophone in middle school. Um, so I did learn to read music and, and learn how it sounds like in an orchestra band, for example, when different instruments are just like practicing by themselves and then how it sounds when everything's together. So I guess that that would play a big part as far as like my production and doing my bass and stuff. But it really wasn't my motive or like my motivation. You know, uh, I just love music in general. And actually, I was a dancer. Like I was like supposed to be like um doing uh dances behind like big time people like just background dancing and the music kind of just like took a, a more of a passion so <clears throat> getting back to the production part of things um it wasn't my motive my motive was really just because i didn't have the funds you know the extra funds like i said i was working and going to school paying for school I was going to a technical school then, and I was, you know, out on my own, paying for my own bills, own car, like all that. So I would just make my beats. I'm like, I don't have the extra bread. I got to pay all these bills. I was barely getting paid anything back then. Um, but yeah, the motive was just to save money. And then I just found out I was good at it. And I was like, it sounds good. Like, I might as well just keep going. <laughs> I mean, I love that, especially because being a, you know, making rap music, making hip hop music, I feel like, you know, people sell beats and they sound similar to other beats and it can get so mm -hmm. sloppy if if your song blows up and, you know, y'all didn't work out an agreement beforehand. It's like it eliminates so many issues if you're just making your own beats. Right. Exactly. I will also add it helps like build a sound. I feel like, you know, having the opportunity to be able to learn how to make my own beats, you know, my quality is getting better and better. So I'm never stopping that. but um, it allows me to be able to build my own sound so like I don't have to sound like other people and I, I guess that's kind of hard because people are kind of like stray away from from new shit sometimes just because they got to get used to it first you know what I mean but yeah yeah um all right so what about humble like what recent projects have you had going on I know that before quarantine shut us down you were like throwing some events which i think also speak a lot to just your you know your artistic creative side in general because you know it's a it's an art form to create a vibe that people want to participate in um so just about your projects and humble what you got going on what's been you know your humble life like well i mean currently Humble life, as far as business goes, like you said, before the COVID, I was definitely doing, <clears throat> excuse me, I was definitely doing a lot of events, like every month, like, I, I think maybe like 10, 10 months leading up to the whole COVID shit starting. 
And from there, you know, it kind of like put a damper on the public events. So I had to like adapt a little bit, you know. It didn't really put too much a damper on my business, but I definitely had to adapt. Um, so currently I just been spending a lot of time, you know, revamping the business um, and also spending time uh, figuring out the restaurant and getting that solidified, like, you know, business, like we're doing, uh, yeah, like business plans, you know, like pages and pages, details of operations before. So I've been doing a lot of that, just a lot of business side of things, setting up everything. So, you know, when I, once, once I spark that bitch, like it's going to blow, you know, and everything's ready. So nothing yeah. public really, you know? Yeah, I feel it. Um, so many, Livia too, she, she knows the, the pivot right now going on for the entrepreneurs and the small business owners and just mm-hmm. that pivot is real. And if you're not a person who can pivot, well, it's going to get you, but I definitely see you out in the community doing some pivots, making some moves. So it's been really neat to watch. I do have one particular question as a vegetarian person. Do you have vegetarian options at your restaurant when it is going to be popping? Oh yeah. Uh, we have a uh, special signature seasoned asparagus. Like, you know, it's not your regular asparagus. It got like a nice, you know, flavor that I can't give you the details of. But people <laughs> seem to like it. People seem to really like it. So we have that. Uh, we also going to have, I mean, this is a secret. So don't tell nobody, even though it's on the podcast. But, you know, we're going to have collard greens. Um, so that's going to be another vegetarian option. Um yeah, I mean that's basically it. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's it. If you got a if you got a piece of cornbread or something like that, yeah, I'm like that's I, I can do are it. Usually, yeah, vegetarian. <laughs> so, <laughs> now nah, I feel you. I feel you though. Like myself, I'm not full vegetarian, but I'm definitely like 80 percent there personally. Not like anything in my business. Just personally, I'm I'm trying to definitely eat more fruits and uh, vegetables in my personal life, but. Yeah. You know, everybody's path is different. People, some people feel like they need me to get their protein. You know, and people, some people just love it. Like that's just mm-hmm. what they like. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm not I gonna mean, lie. The pictures of the meat look bomb. Yeah, I was like, all that looks oh, yeah. bomb. And when y'all were open for those few weeks, it would be like, I'd be like, to my husband, I'd be like, we're eating this today. And then by the time we got around to like doing it, you'd be like, we sold out for the weekend. I'm like, damn, man, yeah. they're killing it yeah. out here with this yeah, barbecue. Like and that. I knew you were from uh, the South. So I was like, I need to try this barbecue because this is yeah. about to be, this is about to be that, that homecoming, like goodness. Most definitely. I, I can't, I can't take credit for all of the, the flavors and stuff because I, it was at that time we had four different, uh, three other business colleagues that we were just like going back and forth with it. But I definitely had a say so in it to say like if I like it or not and if I think it was good enough or not. But this, the new time around, like when we reopen, like the flavors are going to be just as good or even way better because right. like we, we've been taking time to really like, uh, like look at the health benefits of our recipes. And we've been taking out a lot of the salt and we also been trying to find more natural uh, ingredients to put in there, you know, to bring real true flavor. So, yeah, yeah we had a gonna love that. Oh, it's it's bomb for sure. <laughs> Word. And also, um, I don't know, this won't come out till March, but community listeners, you can support this restaurant even if you don't if they're not open yet. 
um, and help them establish themselves. Uh, I don't know if you'll, your GoFundMe will still be up. Um, but generally those things can stay up for a long time. So if you're listening to this, even $1, if we had a hundred listeners, give a dollar, uh, that's going to go to opening up this delectable treat or buy a gift certificate. Yup. Buy a gift certificate. For sure. I mean, we're hoping by March to be open already because, uh, I mean, we, we just got enough funds we just to get all, all our equipment. So the equipment is in. We also got a team of people um, who's down to uh, build with the business, too, so we can have more smooth operation and get more uh, food out. So, yeah. All right. So then by the time you're listening to this, you should be buying a gift card for someone to eat at Racks on Racks Barbecue or ordering a plate in support yes. of back, another back, black back. restaurant. In Humble County. <laughs> oh, yeah. Although black culinary arts is an art form within itself, um, going back to the music, do you feel like black artists are commissioned or hired enough in Humble County specifically? And if so, if they're paid well, if you think the agreements <laughs> go well, you know, any input on that? Well, area? well, my input would be I live by the golden rule. So when I was doing my events, I, even if it wasn't like, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, I let people get their shine. And I also let people, um, I pay people, everyone, you know what I'm saying? And um, some of my events, I pay everyone and I didn't even get paid myself. So <clears throat> I say that to say that a lot of, a lot of the hiring process, you know, quote unquote, for artists in Humboldt County, um, I don't know. It's, I feel like personally, this is my personal opinion. It's not doesn't mean it's factual, but I'm gonna just say I feel like it's a little clicked up, you know, in the in the way of like uh, people don't really look for talent or for people really making real moves. They just want to like put in their homies, or um, you know, you gotta pay a, a big amount. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking about two fifty, three fifty. You know, you paying to perform, and then you gotta sell tickets too like honestly that's that's like the people that's putting on the events getting more of a benefit because they're using that money to pay the big artists to get people out so what i I say that to say like it's not it's not set up to be beneficial to the to the aspiring and growing artists out here um and it's a lot of artists that i never even heard of that i'm starting to hear that are actually pretty good around here but nobody like puts them on anything and if i was still doing events i'll be putting them on Cause I mean, I put people on my events. I don't make it just about me unless it's my, my uh, show or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of janky. I feel like it can be worked on a little bit. It could be more beneficial. And when I say that, I mean like they should pay the artists instead of having the artists pay to perform. Like, why would you need the artists? Like these people promoting and selling tickets for you, put like doing the marketing for you. And they're not supposed to be marketing. They artists let, you know, let them be artists and have other people do that. Pay somebody else to do that. Like be a boss. You got to put the money. No, I agree completely. And it's like, if you're not buying yourself into a show, like you said, you are performing for free in hopes that you're going to sell tickets or in hopes that a bunch of people are going to come to the door and then these these venues too they give you like the weirdest days for a hip-hop show they're like (laughs) they're like well you could come on tuesday at 7 p.m and it's like bro no one's coming on a tuesday at 7 p.m 
I agree. I agree. I feel like it, the hip hop community can get a little bit more shine, but it's it's looked down on negatively. And, you know, that could be because of other artists and how they're handling it, not being pros and, you know, doing things in an amateurish way. And maybe they, you know, the bad guy to stuff with the good. But I feel like there are some good artists out here that, you know, can if they got a chance, can, you know, show you like it can be a good like, for example, the Pearl and Humble big shots out to them um, and Eureka. Like they let me put on like three, like three or four shows. Like, let me get paid. I, you know, they got paid too. You know, I paid everybody, you know, that yeah. was a part of it or whatever. And then I got paid too. It was a good thing. People came out. Everyone said they enjoyed them. Yeah, so they have I, uh, I've heard, I've been to some dope hip hop shows there. I've performed in some dope shows there. And I agree. I think they're a good venue. And even on nights that they're not having shows, they're hiring like black and brown DJs. You know, they're just like... Uh setting the vibe right like i agree that was a good spot they were they were doing some good things to create these little community bubbles for us yo dj static shout out to him too he was one of the main ones that was really helping them too with that that type of stuff so yeah i guess that's kind of like the hip-hop vibe if you're not from like a huge city scene you know like you got your spaces that you go and you throw your shows and and I think that the amount of people doing hip hop out here, we should have definitely had more places than just the Pearl. But, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like that underground vibe, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I could, I would open up a club, you know what I'm saying? Low key. But I mean, it's just like it's not enough clubs, not enough entertainment out here. And it already rains like more than it should throughout the year. And it's like. It should be more. That's that's was actually my motive for doing all the events because I was like, man, it's not shit to do in here. And all the yeah. events is just like the same shit over and over again. And like, all you can do is go to the bars. And like, I'm not used to bars. Where I'm from, we don't have bars like that. We have yeah, it's clubs. like a thing. I agree. It's like a show or like. Yeah. I, I agree. Experience. 100%. Yeah. So then, uh, kind of touching into the like hesitation or the difficulties of being a you know producer and performer here in Humble. What do you feel like was one of your most difficult projects here while in Humble? I guess I say I would say none of them. I would say <laughs> the Halloween event I, I I did. You know, it was pretty difficult as far as like many steps and many a lot of work I had to put in to really get it as big as I it, it got, but. <laughs> the difficulty of it was is, you know, you can't control what everybody's doing and every piece of the project. So it's like it's bound to something to happen. And, you know, when the liquor, uh, unfortunately, when the liquor stopped going, it's like that kind of died down everything. And it was difficult because I had to pay. I still was going to pay an artist. I was going to give everybody, pay the DJs. I had so many DJs, like three DJs. I mean, it was almost the biggest event ever in Humboldt. I mean, according to other people that's from here. So that, that was the most difficult, I would say, kind of almost successful <laughs> in my in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um, did not attend that event, but I heard it spoken about for so long. And it was, you know, people were like, oh, what what's going on on Halloween? And it was just like, oh, this is what's going on. It's like I hadn't even really been to one of your events, but I was like, this is going to be cracking, like. This is what people are doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. How does your art inform activism? activism. Or your own okay. activism? My own activism? Okay. 
Uh, I would say um, even when I'm even when it doesn't seem like I'm talking about anything that's deeper than what people would think. Like if you really go and look at my lyrics to my music, <clears throat> instead of just going off how it sound, you'll really hear that I, I slip a lot of subliminal things in there. Uh, overall, I would say a lot of my music is made to be motivating, as in like, because, you know, I'm Vega, which is the star. So the whole philosophy about how I go off on things is about shining bright. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter where you at, who you uh, who you around, like shining bright and living above the negativity like a star does, you know? So a lot of my music branches from that that mindset. So some of it might come off a little cocky or, you know, but really it's just confidence. And like the people I, that I want to listen to my music are the type of people I am, motivated people, want to build for long longevity. Uh, you know, also is I talk about a lot of spirituality because I'm a spiritual person. You know, if you get to know me on that level, but I try to slip it in because people don't really want to hear that you know, all the time in music. Um, so I'm trying to find like a, a nice blend between slipping that in there and still letting people enjoy the music, you know? Um, and I like for people to listen to something that I have and think, oh, I'm talking about this, but then they listen a little closer or look at the lyrics and be like, oh, it seemed like he's talking about a whole nother thing. Like, like I didn't even look at it like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a lot, a lot of people need to just pick up on rooting for themselves. <laughs> like some people will call it egotistical, but really it's, I think it's kind of like necessary, especially when you're a creative person and you're like being vulnerable all the time by creating and outputting. It's like, you got, you got to fuck with yourself <laughs> or it's not going to work. Right. I mean, it's, it's like self-care. It's like, this is how I look at it. I look at it as in, okay, you supposed to be a server, right? You supposed to serve your community, serve the world, right? You you be you're basically a tool. So if you're not the sharpest tool in a tool set, how are you gonna do the sharpest jobs? You know what I mean? Like if you're not oiling yourself and, and taking care of yourself and taking, I mean, three ways, you know, mind, body, and spirit, you know what I'm saying? If you're not trying to at least progress every day in that, like you're not gonna be able to take care of yourself and other people and provide and serve at the potential that you could be because you're not living your potential self. I mean, how are you going to be an activist or anything like that and and tell people how uh, suggestions of how they can live or advice is how they can live when you're not living to your potential to be the short example. So that's that's what I mean. And, and sometimes it can come off egotistical, you know, but that's because people some people just think simple mind. They look at one thing and judge it without actually opening it up and looking inside, see how it actually was actually going on behind that behind that veil. Because we all live in behind the veil. But I ain't gonna go. I ain't gonna get in. You know what I'm saying? I ain't get too I'm deep so, I'm over on that. <laughs> I know. I'm so intrigued. I'm like, what? Keep going. Yeah. I mean, awesome. yeah. Black. Just being authentically yourself as a black person tends to be an act of activism. It's wild, mm -hmm. but <laughs> facts. All right. So overall, do you feel like you've been able to find the space and opportunity as a black artist here in Humble, and like you, your presence here has been welcomed by some people. <laughs> I'm not not by all, but you know, I feel like for for people that see me for for what it is, I feel like yeah. But you know, others, God bless them. You know, it's all love. They just they caught up in their own thing, you know. <laughs> so. 
So yeah, I I'm feel gonna, like yes. <laughs> I um, I would say yes. <laughs> but I wonder, like, so just hearing your story and the way like you go after things, it sounds like you created a lot of your the space and opportunities that you've had here for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. that's a superpower within itself that you you came to a new place, and not only were you making your own beats and making your music, um, you know, and all that work it takes, but then you also like did the backbone work to to make it happen, put on a show, you know, link up with other artists. So, in, so in a sense, it's like you came and created your own space, your own your own vibe, and you know, kept it going, but. Do you think that for folks that aren't doing that for themselves, like in terms of humble, do you think that those spaces and opportunities are available for like black and or like hip hop artists, especially? Mm. Well, first off, I'll add to that. And I would say, like, not only did I come here and tell I me mean, everything's what you make it. But not only did I come here and build that up. But when I came here, I was homeless. I was homeless for a year and a half before I came here. So, like, I started off working at the Chevron on 6th Street in Eureka. And from there, I met a lot of people. From there, I just saved my money up, got my car, built my, my shit back up, like, got me in place and just kept going. And shit, actually, seven months after I moved, moved here was when I had my first Euro tour. But <clears throat> uh, going back to your question, um, I feel like with other artists, you know, building themselves up and putting in the work, um, I feel like if they if they decide to just live out what they their dreams, you know what I'm saying, in reality, like really make it reality, because you definitely gotta put action behind it. <clears throat> and you know, if artists do that around here, then yes, they deserve to be able to have a hip hop community out here if they putting in the work to do that. Yeah. I hear like the same echo with other hip hop artists where they're like the opportunity can be created, but like you're not just gonna stumble upon it usually in humble maybe. <laughs> I mean you gotta put it out there. You Definitely. gotta put it out there, you gotta market it, you know. Um you just gotta keep going. Like basically. And I I would say also that as an artist, we also gotta think outside of the box. It's not all about just creating music. Like you can create music and that's the main job that's the main passion but outside of all that in order for you to grow as an artist you have to grow mentally so you also got to be learning new new concepts because you you can kind of use those concepts in music like you can just reform different concepts just if you think of how different things work like i mean i know i do personally that's how i work mentally so it, may, it might be different for every artist but personally i feel like you know growing in knowledge helps you art uh, in your art too no matter if you're doing music or you're doing painting or you're doing any type of other art yeah for sure and and really knowing what you're doing so <laughs> i'm like you're learning and you know making outputs at the same time which is uh a super powerful tool for sure so is there anything else you want to put us on to about you um I also want to just pay homage too to the struggle of homelessness um, and to hear such a success story um, from you now um, with you having to go through all that and all that hard work that it takes to get out of those situations. So I also want to big up that and honor that part of your life and this part of yourself now. Um, Cause that's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
It's life, though. Yeah, for sure. I feel it. Um, so, yeah, is, is there anything else you want to add? Um, things coming up or just really plug yourself and anything else that you, you want to share with oh, us? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Uh, I got much more music dropping. Like, right now, I'm still dropping music from 2020. So I'm just, like, throwing out some stuff in the catalog. I don't even think y'all ready to hear the 2021 shit yet. But it's coming either way it go. So um, other than that, uh, I got a new face, a uh, new Instagram page. If I can get everybody to follow me there, it's at the real spiller. That's T H E, real R E A L spiller S P I L L A. So I had to start a new Instagram, um, basically just because I was killing the algorithms and getting, I guess maybe getting too much views, getting too good at like finding the demographics. So they kind of restricted me from being able to promote and all that. So I just started a new Instagram just to build it back up. So I'm trying to get all my followers that's on my other page to come follow me on my new page. Uh, other than that, just stay tuned for the music. I got all different types of shit I'm about to drop. I mean, you never know what to expect. I also got new merch dropping. Um, soon we're going to open up Rats and Rats Barbecue. I don't have a date yet, but we definitely keep everybody updated. It will be sooner than later. Um, other than that, just... Just stay tuned. Keep fucking with me. West Vegas. I also want to say uh, one more thing. I, I got to leave it on a positive note. I want to just like let everyone know that I hope everyone's having a good new year so far. Um, I hope everybody's staying focused and, and trying to stay positive. And I don't mean that fake positivity neither. I mean like positive, like you recognizing the negativity as a lesson and then using that lesson to make something positive, not like faking like you positive and because bad shit is happening. Anyways. Say it again for the people in the back. That's my chance. Yeah, I was like, yes. <laughs> keep going on these little pockets with you. And I'm right? like, that's the pocket I'm looking yes. for. You, you cannot have the light without the dark, period. Facts, facts. But yeah, I ain't trying to, you know, I'm the real spiller, so I'm spilling right now. Um, but yeah, I just want everybody to just, you know, you know, stay growing, stay focused. It's 2020, it's the beginning of a new year, it's a new start. So, you know, y'all just keep going. I'm rooting for everybody, my enemies too. I love y'all. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming. It's thank you real. so much. I learned a lot. I, um, <laughs> I, I do. That's why I enjoy these. I'd be like, you know, you know someone to a certain degree and then it's like, you know, you have a conversation with them for 45 minutes and you're just like, oh, man. Yeah. Now I learned something more about you. And uh, uh -huh. we did the Black Magic show, the online show. And so now your song is on my playlist and I'm always just like, oh, OK. Um, and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. I like it's there from that uh, event. But I'd be bopping. It's a bop. So I am excited to hear what else will come out. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep promoting it and letting folks know your voice is a part of black humble. Most definitely. I appreciate you guys too. And what you do for the, uh, the black community and, um, yeah, definitely appreciate you guys' time and, and invite me to your podcast. Thanks for tuning in to our third episode of The Black Aesthetic. You're now listening to Strawberry Cream by West Vega. Marvelous. Cream sauce, please. Hey, red man in the building, of course.
Jersey's finest, marijuana smoker, of course, nigga. That boy Wes Vega is in the fucking building, of course. Outside cream to the inside, I'll strap better. Niggas ain't making no money, get away from scared. Be like twink with my chest and my wrist, that's paired. By them that broke her neck, but wish me stare. She wanna come get a feel, that's me for something that's real, well okay. Foot on my ox on my heel, can't stress a rat nigga squeal, well okay. Outside cream, but the inside all strawberry. Be like twink on my chest and my wrist, that's paired. Stars on my neck, hopping like bunnies, all on my carrots. Straight from the bottom, had to read if it will like Ferris. Say that that's your bitch, then why she keep staring? You put me on top, shove a galaxy, we have a glare. This, that stop, nigga, shit, it's worth more than my Armani. Watch me flex my shit, that's lit, like big, let's go ignite it. I aim for the head and the chest, that's it, and everything far right behind it. I'ma go get these riches for my kids, mm-hmm. or I'ma die trying. Outside cream, but the inside all strawberry. Niggas ain't making no money, get away too scary. Be like twink on my chest, I'm a rich, that's parrot. Damn, that broke her neck, the wish me stand. She wanna come get a feel, that's me for something that's real, well okay Foot on my ops on my heel, can't stress a rat nigga squeal, well okay Outside cream, but the inside all strawberry Be like twink on my chest, I'm a rich, that's parrot Little bitty on my coattail, well a hotel, what a do She used that throat, well I got oak, well what a do I drop a fourth in it, then I throw in it, what a do Strut like boats with it, in my soul with it then I'm back to the grind, staying focused Stay ten toes down from day one It wasn't easy, never folded I always knew that I was the one Never conform, never molded If life is a bitch, gotta open Had to cut bitch niggas off with no closure High off life when I'm smoking on Doja Plagiarized niggas, you a mini-me Had to go get it by enemies Hundreds around for the enemies Protect my aura, my energy Bitch niggas looking so timidly They nothing like what they pretend to be Hundred round drum, that's a centipede I'm making a coach, she's so enemy Outside cream, but the inside all strawberry. Niggas ain't making no money, get away too scared. Be like twink on my chest and my wrist, that's Perry. By them that broke her neck, but wish me stand. She wanna come get a feel, that's me for something that's real, well okay. Foot on my ops on my heel, can't stress a rat nigga squeal, well okay. Outside cream, but the inside all strawberry. Be like twink on my chest and my wrist, that's Perry. Again, for our listeners, you can uh, follow West Vega at The Real Spilla and then uh, catch up with V-Life Records, his uh, independent label at www.vlfeent.com. Uh, we'll also have some other information down below this episode. So I think Wes, that's it. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, no problem. Thank, thank you. When you played French horn, were you actually like a chair? Like, did you guys have it like where you were first, second, third chair? Yeah, I was first chair. I was first chair French horn too. Wow. That's That's why I was like, okay. okay. That is actually a feat too. I feel like bad 
people like just assume black people don't play instruments. Man, it's hard to be first chair French horn too. <laughs> like the horns are yeah, hard. Nah. It is, yeah. it is. Like, and I didn't even choose it. Like, it was just the instrument that I was left because everybody just got all the instruments. So I was like, man, like oh, it's wild. <laughs> so I, and then you ended up being dope at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually a really different horn. Like, uh, it definitely has a, a more deep sound. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it compared to like the trumpet or the trombone, you know. I feel like people who people who play French horn, I feel like they tend to have more of a sound for the beats and things like that later on in life. Like I noticed yeah. that because I played a deep, bellowy sounding instrument, I can hear that deep bass drop in music now. Oh yeah, yeah. Facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Black people yeah. doing cool things. Okay. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Black Aesthetic, y'all. This was the BH Hub, talking art, life, and just existence in Humboldt County. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast across all streaming platforms. If you want to get involved with the Hub or have questions or want to show us some love, you can hit us up at blackhumble at gmail.com. We're on all socials at blackhumble. That's B-L-A-C-K-H-U-M-B-O-L-T. And until next time, continue to walk in your Black excellence.